rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Let's commit God's word to prayer, shall we? Uh, Father, we thank you this morning that we can come together in this place and online. And we do pray that, Lord, you'd guide as we study your word together now that we would receive from you a blessing, that we'd receive from you encouragement, and that, Father, you just take your word and uh, enable it, Father, to meet our needs. Lord, bless, we pray, as we study together. Give me wisdom, I pray, from on high. Uh, may your message uh, clearly uh, come forth, and may we uh, indeed be encouraged of you this day. And we're sure to give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Romans chapter 5, if you remember, we said, was the therefore of justification in the book of Romans. Uh, that is saying that because we are justified, we now have seven benefits of that justification. Last time we saw benefit number one, which was that you and I have peace with God, verse 1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw that peace meant reconciliation, removal of God's wrath. For those of us who were justified, the war is over. The peace treaty has been signed. God has been satisfied and we have been reconciled to him. We're no longer enemies of God. There is peace between us and God. Now today, because of justification, not only do we have peace, but secondly, we have access into the presence of God. Verse 2 says, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein you stand. We have access into the presence of God. You know, the Jew was kept from God's presence by the veil in the tabernacle and the veil in the temple. As they made their way from the uh, outer court of the tabernacle and the temple into the holy place, before them stood the veil. And beyond the veil was the Holy of Holies, and there there was the presence of God. And nobody was allowed, no Jew was allowed beyond that veil except for the high priest once a year when he went into the Day of Atonement with the blood of the sacrifice. The Gentile was kept out from the uh, temple uh, by a wall with a warning on the wall that said, Gentiles past this point will be killed. But you know, when Jesus Christ died upon the cross of Calvary, the, to- the veil in the temple tore in two, was rent from top to bottom, making access into the Holy of Holies possible for every Jew. And when Jesus Christ died upon the cross of Calvary, he also broke down, broke down the middle wall of petition, that wall uh, that bro- separated the Gentile from the worship of God was broken down figuratively with the death of Jesus Christ upon the cross of Calvary. And Ephesians 2.14 uh, tells us about that event. In this, in this situation, in Christ, both the Jews and the Gentiles were uh, made, uh, rather was made for both Jews and Gentiles access unto God. Tell me Ephesians chapter 2, please. Ephesians 2. And verse 18, Ephesians 2.18, says, For through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. For the both there is Jew and Gentile. And through him, through Jesus Christ, you and I have access to the Father, and every Jew who gets saved has access to the Father. The veil is rent in two, the middle wall of tissue is broken down, and access is made available to God. The word access here in verse 2 speaks of entrance into the king through favor of another. 
In fact, this word access speaks of an introduction. For you and I had to be introduced to God in order for you and I to have fellowship with God. On this, Henry Morris makes this statement. He says, access has the idea that of an introduction to the presence uh, chamber of a monarch. The rendering access is inadequate as it leaves out of sight the fact that we do not come in our own strength, but we need an introducer, Christ. Jesus Christ has introduced you and I to the Father. Because of salvation by grace, you and I have been introduced to God the Father and we are allowed into his presence. You and I weren't born in that state. Access to God only comes because of salvation. If you and I are not saved, there is no access to God. If there's never been a time and place in your life where you've placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, there is no access to God. There's never been a time and place in your life where you've recognized yourself as a sinner before a holy God. There is no access to God. For access to God is only possible because of Jesus Christ. It's because of justification, because of you and I being declared righteous by faith in Christ, by you and I being saved by grace, that we have access into the Father. We're not born in that state. Because of our relationship to Christ, you and I have access, as it says here in verse 2, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace. Now the grace there is the justification spoken of in verse 1, therefore being justified by faith. And you and I stand in this grace, the grace of God that saved us, gives us access to God the Father. Because you and I have been justified, because you and I have been saved, you and I can enter into his presence. We cannot enter into the presence of the King of Kings dressed in anything other than his righteousness. And that's only available through Jesus Christ. And that's why it's so important for us to be saved because the only way of access to the Father is through Jesus Christ. And because of this introduction, because you and I have been induced to the Father by the Son, we now have, firstly, a permanent standing with God. It says there in verse 2, by whom also we have access. The verb tense of the phrase, we have access, indicates that this is a permanent standing. This is a permanent possession. For those who do know Greek, this is a perfect. It speaks of an action that's completed. It's a permanent possession. It's ours. By whom? We have access, we have. It's a present possession of every born-again believer. Because of our standing based upon the grace that you and I have experienced, we can rely upon the dependence of the fact that we have a permanent relationship with the Father. We really can stand and have peace because we are now have access to the Father, and that's a permanent possession. The wonderful thing about this access that you and I have because of grace is that it cannot be taken away. You can't lose it. We have 
access. It's a permanent possession. It's a glorious truth. It means for every born-again believer, no matter who we are, no matter what we do, this access to the Father is a permanent possession. There's no way known that you and I cannot have access to the Father because we are His children. At salvation we receive all there is to offer at salvation. Colossians 1.10 says, And ye are complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power. Everything you and I were going to get at salvation, we got at salvation. We're complete in Him, and that means that we have complete access to the Father. It's a permanent standing. A standing that can never fade away. Look in Romans chapter 8 and verses 38 and 39. It says, For I am persuaded that neither life nor death nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from God. Once we receive this access, we can never lose it. Because we are the child of God, you and I can come into his presence at any time. Because this is a permanent standing. The standing remains no matter how we look. Nothing can alter our standing. For we stand in God's presence because of justification, which comes to us by grace through faith and not of works. You see, our standing is not dependent upon who we are or what we do. Our standing is dependent upon who God is and what Christ did. And that's a glorious truth. You know, if if our, our standing was dependent upon what we did, we'd be in serious trouble. If the standing was dependent upon how we lived, we'd have serious trouble. But our standing is based upon what Christ did and who God is. And that's permanent. And so secondly, we note that Christ makes access possible in verse 2. It says, by whom? The by whom takes us back to verse 1. For it says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom? It's the Lord Jesus Christ that makes this access possible. Christ has introduced us to the Father so that we could be saved and enter into his presence. Look in John chapter 3. <clears throat> Verses I'm sure we all know well. John chapter 3, verse 16 to 18. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoso believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. You and I have, by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, obtained access to the Father. And you know, if it wasn't of Christ, then we wouldn't have access to the Father at all. You and I could pray, but our prayers would go no further than the ceiling. You and I could hope for glory, but we would not make it to heaven because of 
the fact we don't know Christ. It's only because of our relationship to Christ that you and I have access to the Father. To illustrate this, I read a story uh, this week from the life of Abraham Lincoln, the President of the United States. The story goes that a soldier wanted to see the President and he came to visit him only to be repeatedly turned away by the guard. As the soldier stood outside, a young boy wanted to know why he looked so sad and approached him. The soldier told him that he'd been robbed of certain things and he needed them back desperately and he was determined to go to whatever lengths it took to get them back, even to the point of appealing to the present. But each time he'd gone to see the present, he'd been turned around by the guard. The young boy then motioned to the soldier to come with him. This time when they came to the guard, the guard did not stop them. He stood aside and let them in. And the soldier got to see the present. That boy was Abraham Lincoln's son. And the soldier gained access to Abraham Lincoln by his son. And that's the same with you and I. We gain access to the Father by his Son. It's the Son who gives us the access. It's the Son who leads us into the presence of the Father. It's the Son who made it possible for you and I to pray. It's the Son who makes it possible for you and I to offer our petitions to the Father. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, because it's the Son who makes it possible. You know, that's why we pray in Jesus' name. That's why we finish our prayers. We say, in Jesus' name, amen. Because we come in Jesus' name. It's by him that we have access. It's by him that we are able to enter into his presence with thanksgiving. It's by him that we come to the Father. And when you and I make it a glory, it will be by him that we are there. The Son brings us as sinners into the presence of God. Look in Hebrews chapter 10, please. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 19. So having therefore, Hebrews 10, 19, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with true heart, with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from the evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful to promise. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not for saying in the assembly of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. Verse 19 tells us that we have boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus because we can enter through the veil, which is his flesh, into his presence. Because of our relationship with Jesus Christ, we have access. Just like Mephibosheth gained a permanent place at David's table, so we have gained a permanent place in God's presence because of our relationship to Christ. Notice this access is based on faith in verse 2. By whom also we have access by faith. 
As we've already noted, you know, Romans is a book of description of faith. It's by faith and faith alone that you and I have obtained justification. We're saved by grace through faith. It's by faith and faith alone that you and I have gained access to the Father. We don't stand in his presence because of any merit that you and I have. We don't stand in his presence because of anything you and I have done. We don't stand in his presence because of anything you and I can do. There's no merit on our behalf that makes it possible for us to stand in his presence. We stand in his presence because of Jesus Christ and Christ alone. To quote Morris again, he says this, Grace, God's undeserved favor towards us, is not only the means by which we are saved, it is also a description of our present standing before God. It's not only the beginning principle of the Christian life, it is also the continuing principle of the Christian life. We stand translates a perfect tense, used in the sense of the present and with the thought of continuing attitude. We stand permanently in his presence because of Jesus Christ. And we stand there by faith. You and I have to believe that's where we are. You and I can't do anything to get into his presence. We got into his presence because of grace. We stand in this grace. We stand there because of justification. And you and I, as we were saved by faith, believing that Jesus Christ died, that you and I might have our sins forgiven and we might be justified, declared righteous, and therefore have a righteous standing before our holy God, you and I, by faith, need to believe daily that we are standing in his presence. What a difference that would make to us, wouldn't it? If you and I actually believed this access that we have to the Father is a permanent relationship that you and I have because of justification through Christ. You know, many Christians begin in grace and then they think that they will go on to perfection and maturity by dealing with God and the principle of law. We're saved by grace, but we live by works, keeping the law. Now it is true that show, James says, show me your faith without works, I'll show you my faith by my works. But the works there are, he's talking about the outworking of his faith. I'll show you my faith by the works that I do. I'll show you my faith by the outworking of that faith. He's not saying my works make it possible for me to have access to the Father. So our works demonstrate our relationship. They're not the means of having a relationship. The relationship we have with the Father is by grace, through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you and I are justified, we have a permanent access to the Father and you and I do not need to do anything works-wise daily to maintain that relationship. You and I simply just need to, by faith, believe in that relationship. You and I can not earn a relationship with God. You and I cannot have an opinion that somehow we deserve a relationship with God. Paul spoke against this very point in Galatians. Look at Galatians, please, chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 2. Let's read verse 1. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you, that you should not obey the truth, because 
uh, before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. This only would I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect in the flesh? Look in Galatians chapter 5. And verse 1, Galatians 5, 1, Stand therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. We don't tangle again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you, that if you be crucified, Christ shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law. You have fallen from grace. We're not justified by the law. We don't maintain our access to the Father by the law. You and I, by faith, have been, have been granted access to the Father through Jesus Christ, and that's a permanent standing, and you and I have to do nothing to maintain that relationship. You know, when a child is born into a family, that child doesn't have to do anything to maintain that relationship. That child's parents are always his parents. You know, he doesn't have to come every day and knock on the door and beg, Dad, can I be your son again today? And then Dad decides whether or not he's done enough work. Well, have you washed the car? Have you cleaned the inside of the car? Have you mowed the lawns? And the son says, yes, Dad. He said, okay, you have access to the father. And then the next day, the child has to get up and knock on the door again and ask Dad permission. That child is the child is, is a child of that father and that mother for as long as they live. They never cease to be that child. That child never ceases to be in that family. No matter what that child does, that child is still a member of the family. That child still has access to the parents. Well, greater so with the Father. You and I have been granted access to God the Father by the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a permanent standing and you and I do not have to beg for access to the Father. You and I have access to the Father. It is a permanent position. It's a standing in grace that reassures us that God's present attitude towards us as believers is that in Jesus Christ is one of favor. One commentator put it this way. He said, God doesn't just love us, he likes us because we're in Jesus. You see, you can love somebody and really not like them, you know, because they, they are somebody you love, they are a, a member of your family, but you really don't like the way they behave, but God actually likes us as well as loves us. And also know that this that we're said not only is this by faith, but it's said that we are to be standing. It says, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. We're standing in this grace. It's a posture that demonstrates that you and I have been discharged from guilt. You know, we, you and I are not cowering before the throne of God as criminals bowing before the judge, begging for mercy, but we're standing in a place of honour before the throne. 
you and I are standing in the throne of God before the very throne of God and you and I are not begging for mercy. You and I are there because we're his children by grace through faith. We stand in this grace. This standing is a position of servants ready to attend to his will. The other is that because we have access to the Father, and we now stand before him in his grace. We are now able to do his bidding. Isn't that what Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says? For by grace you say through faith. And not of yourselves as a gift of God. What? Not of works, lest any man should boast. And ye are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. What? Unto good works. You and I are standing by grace in his presence justified by grace ready to do good works you see you and I must be about the master's business since you and I have been justified since you and I stand in this grace you and I ought to go forth now and do his will we're not seated yet because our work is not complete. You see, we're not seated because we're saved to serve. We're not saved to sit. We're saved to honor him, not saved to just wallow around. We're saved to serve him, and we must serve him until we get to glory. The last thing about this blessing of access is also that we have access to God daily. We have access to God daily. Look at Ephesians uh, chapter, chapter 2 and verse 18, please. Ephesians 2.18. It says, For through him we have access by one spirit unto the Father. Then chapter 3 and verse 12. It says, In whom we have boldness, and access with confidence by faith to him. We saw in Hebrews 10.19 that we have boldness to enter in his presence with thanksgiving because of Christ. Look at 1 Peter chapter 3, please. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 12. 1 Peter 3.12. It says, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. His eyes are over the righteous and his ears are open unto our prayers. We have access to the Father daily. Because of salvation, because we now stand in his presence, because you and I now stand in this grace, we have the privilege of calling upon him as our Father in prayer. Romans and Galatians both say that you and I now can call him Abba, Father. We can call him our father. It's an, the word Abba is an intimate term. It's, it's similar but not quite the same as our phrase daddy. It, it's an intimate relationship with God the Father. We now have access to the Father by this grace through Jesus Christ and we can cry out to him as Abba, Father. And therefore we know he hears us. Because you and I have this access to him 
permanently, daily, moment by moment. Whatever we're doing, we can cry out to the Father and he hears us. We can come into his presence anytime, anywhere. And through our relationship to Christ, we now have access to the Father. And this access is not only at salvation, but it's a permanent access daily. Sending grace, one commentator said, means that I don't have to prove I am worthy of God's love. Sending in grace means that God is my friend. Sending in grace means the door of access is permanently open to him. Sending in grace means I'm free from the score sheet. The account was settled long ago. Sending in grace means I spend more time praising God and less time hating myself. F.F. Bruce said this, the former rebels are not merely forgiven by having their due punishment remitted. They are brought into a place of high favor with God, this grace in which we stand. You and I can now come boldly before the throne of grace anytime, anywhere, in any place, and offer up our petitions as a child of God to the Father, knowing with certainty that God hears us because access has been made possible to the Father by the Son, and that's a glorious truth. Christ made the way open for us. Now through faith, we've obtained the privilege of access to the Father. You know, God the Father wants us to use that privilege to come before him with our prayers and petitions daily. I wonder how often we use this privilege to come to him. You know, I wonder how often we, we, we enter the courts of God with thanksgiving because we stand in his grace. I wonder how many of us often find ourselves just simply outside the throne room as not taking advantage of the access we have to the Father. See, you and I have a great privilege. You and I don't have to ask permission to come to the Father. We can just walk straight into the throne room. Any time, any place, because we stand in this grace. By our relationship to Jesus Christ, we have a permanent standing in the courtroom of God. You and I can walk boldly into the throne room any time, any place, anywhere, and just petition the Father. Because we're an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, we can come before the Father and petition him. How many of us take advantage of that privileged position? Because we ought to. And all of this was made possible because you and I were introduced to the Father at salvation. When you and I were justified, you and I were given the privilege of standing in his presence permanently. Because we've been justified, we have peace with God. We've been reconciled to God, and now we see that we have a permanent standing before God. We have access to the Father because of salvation. Let's rejoice in our position in Christ. And let's use our position to enter into his presence through prayer daily.
And I'm going to get pastor to come for closing prayer for us. Closing prayer. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. We thank you for the great reminder, uh, Lord, of the access that we have uh, to come boldly unto your very throne of grace. And we have that access because of Christ, because of uh, his work for us there on Calvary. And Lord, it's ours simply by faith. And we thank you, Lord, that we stand in this grace, Lord, and we we stand in this place, and, and Lord, nothing we do can ever change that. What a wonderful thing that is. Lord, may we remember the truths of your word this morning. May we contemplate them. May we consider them. May we rejoice in your word. And Lord, may you bless us this afternoon, and uh, bless as we gather again at 5 o'clock this evening around your word again, we pray in Jesus' name.